You're listening to the Cloud Lounge Podcast, a show about business, technology, and all that jazz. Brought to you by Soft Landing, a leading IT service provider in Canada. Let's get started. Here's your host, Zeeshan Randawa. Welcome to the Cloud Lounge. I'm your host, Zeeshan. Well, folks, it's no secret we are currently in economic uncertain times. Many organizations have started to respond to the uncertainty by varying degrees, from hiring freezes to major cost reductions in things like business travel, and some going even as far as layoffs. At the very least, almost everyone is adopting the slogan of do more with less. Uh, well, what can do more with less really mean in the workplace? Many out there are already struggling to keep up with deadlines, timelines, and their general workload. So to those folks, how can you, with a straight face, say, do more with less? Well, this is where our topic today can possibly help. We are talking about RPA, and I mean, it's not IT related if it's not an acronym, so I'm referring to robotic process automation. So let's start at the basics. RPA, what is it? At the end of the day, if we simplify robotic process automation, it is configured software that can be referred to as a robot that can carry out tasks on a computer to automate things like IT or, or business processes. This means laborious, painful, redundant tasks can be taken on by RPA, which in the long run really can help reduce error, reduce cost, and uh, decrease process times as well. Now, this isn't some underground skunkworks concept. According to Gartner, RPA is the fastest growing segment of the global software market, growing 10 times in the past one and a half years. Additionally, Gartner forecasts that by 2025, the market for software that enables automation will reach nearly $860 billion. That's with a B. And if we want to think or kind of decipher which parts of the world are gravitating to automation the most, most RPA sales are expected to occur in North America, Japan, and Western Europe which combined accounted for 77% of the RPA revenue in 2022, with North America taking the lion's share at 48.5%. Organizations have caught on, and this is a rapidly expanding area of focus for many. And looking at the future, according to Deloitte's global RPA survey, 53% of respondents have already started their RPA journey. This is expected to increase to 72% in the next two years. Organizations are expected to reduce operational costs by 30% by 2024 through combining automation technologies in various operations and business processes. Now, I don't know about you folks, but for something like this, it doesn't truly hit home for me until I've heard some real experiences and use cases. So to help us with this, I would like to introduce our guest for today, Ahmed Uthmani Amawi. Ahmed leads the Canadian Business Application Unit for SMB and Growth Segment at Microsoft. And previously, Ahmed was the business group lead for Power Platform, focusing on establishing the Canadian low-code, no-code automation strategy for products like Power Apps, Power Automate, RPA, Virtual Power Virtual Agent, and Power BI. Welcome to the Cloud Lounge, Ahmed, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, T-Shirt. Excellent. So Ahmed, I would love to get started just with the basics. I, I tried to do a little explanation, but I'd love to hear it directly from you. In your words, what is RPA? Great question, my friend. But if you allow me, before we talk about RPA, it is very good to ask ourselves interior question. Why automation? Because mm -hmm. the origin yeah. of RPA is the automation. So us as human beings, we excel at creative and strategic thinking. But we spend so much of our time on repetitive tasks and root tasks. 
The best organizations are actually powered by strategic and creative people. When there's that sense of vision that pulses through every part of the company, sadly, mm-hmm. in our time, through the pressure, pressures of the modern business, like the business world needs us to be smart, creative people, but also those smart and creative people spend a good deal of their time in their days performing really mundane tasks like answering emails, shifting through documents. And for me, what is RPA? First of all, RPA puts back the human creativity on top, especially for the company. So mm-hmm. robotic process automation, is it's just a UI-based technology that use robots to emulate human action to automate activities with desktop flows. So it can leverage, like for example, artificial intelligence, AI-driven capabilities, like processing forms and intelligent document processing. But that would be for me RPA, just puts human back on top. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you you already did touch on this a bit, but I'd love to for you to expand on it. Like, why should organizations and people really care about RPA? I would see this in two folds. Let's talk about the pain points. What does RPA solve for? And what is mm-hmm. the advantage of having RPA? If I'm a, a resource in a company today, or I'm a leader in a company, or an IC, what happens when the lack of resource just drags on? We need to do more with less, with the, our existing tools. We have our current stack. How can we do more with less with that stack and automate that that stack. So that's a big pain point that actually really is on top of every leader for every company. Automation tools are very cumbersome. We need, like for example, built-in connectivities, tools that makes getting started easy for all users. That is Mm -hmm. something that is also automation is good, but done easy is even better. Number three, something that actually just keeps on keeps on coming, legacy on-premise software is central for so many organization business. However, it limits the organization's ability to automate processes. This is an all legacy system that has some crucial data for us that we cannot extract and leverage and make our data talk. So sometimes also one of the pain points is there's no easy way to identify processes that cause bottlenecks. And most importantly, understand how to fix them. As an employee or as a leader, do I have the tools to adapt legacy systems to rapidly changing environments, which is as we go to 2023s and we're at the precipice of an economical recession and a changing world where we have to adapt, those rigid systems cannot follow us. There's too many systems that do not talk to each other. This is one of the biggest pain points. I always joke with uh, my customers and my partners and I say, I give this metaphor, I said, like in the 15th century, everybody was looking for Eldorado, the gold, the yellow gold. And the 20th century, it blown away, the black gold, petrol, everybody was looking for it. But in the 21st century, we have an even more valuable gold, what I call the transparent gold. It is your data, the data that the company sits on. If you have the ability to make your data talk, this is when you can create new revenue streams. It can adapt to any change and have what we call digital resiliency. So that is one of the biggest pain points. But so now we talked about the pain points. Let's talk about the advantages 
of having an RPE solution or an RPE strategy. Number one, you get fully digital operation, what we call no more pen to paper. You can move forward all the outdated system and processes to modern processes. You can increase staff efficiency, coming back to that creativity of your staff. Automate legacy tasks, reduce uh, legacy manual processes, reduce manual error, improve time that staff spends on strategic projects by accelerating every day's business process. And finally, you can reduce IT maintenance as well. That would be my, my, my two cents on that, why organizations should care about RPA. Definitely kind of a, a multi-pronged uh, kind of uh, benefit uh, system there uh, for the company and for people as well. Getting more creativity out of the work that they do as well. Exactly. So, uh, Ahmed, you already mentioned that, you know, with the current economic climate, there is an undertone of do more with less. How can RPA help with this? And, and I'd love to hear if there are some examples or use cases of what RPA has done for organizations in your experience as well, since you've been in that position for a while. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that is actually at the core, especially for this new role where I lead the segment of small and medium business and growth and where RPA and local is really at the heart of what we do because everyone needs to do more or less. We need more vendor consolidation. Company needs to get more from their existing technological investment. We're actually looking at not ripping and replace what we have, but easily connect our system of records and data that we already have to get more value of that transparent gold. So do more with less is actually something that Microsoft is really focusing. We have campaigns for do more with less, with low code and with Power Automate, so we can help customers build solutions that move business faster with lower development, integration, and services cost. So let me give you a little mm -hmm. bit of, um, for example, of data. So we yeah. have seen and to do more with less with Power Platform and RPA, our customers see an ROI of 140% over three years. Wow. The savings, for example, for Power Automate compared to our competition is 80%. Finally, the most important one, it's a, it's a human business. Before the process, there's the people, the productivity, 55% faster solutions with better data integration. And I can give three examples. I always like to give one Canadian example, one U.S. example, and one worldwide example. Perfect. And I'll start by the, our own Canadian example, City of Ottawa. With RPA, they saved 240000 on employee labor by really rerouting the automation with RPA and Power Virtual Agent to help them serve their citizen even better. T-Mobile, which is a really, really interesting use case because it helped them really at the time of COVID save 600 FT hours per year with just robotic process automation. And of course, everybody, you can read about it in the customer story of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola mm -hmm. reduced the, the, their IT costs drastically thanks to the automation of uh, the power automate and RPA in the, in the platform. That's how we are trying, as, as we are servant of the business, as I work for a company, I'm fortunate enough to work for a company like Microsoft, we get the chance to impact small companies, big companies, and all sizes of companies. And you ask me, hey, Ahmed, why are you talking sometimes about Fortune 500 companies? 
Because today, and the beauty of the technology that is today, is that the, the small shop of five people have the same compute power as a Fortune 500. They, have, mm-hmm. they are at the same equality in terms of tools to actually get their processes automated. And that's the beauty of the technology today. It is democratized so everybody can achieve the best outcome. Because when I work with small SMBs as well, when you have the person that is doing operation, is the person that is doing marketing, is the person that is doing sales. And if we can actually re- help remove those repetitive tasks from that person, he or she can actually focus on more driving, uh, being more efficient, driving more sales and helping the company. So that's the core of what RPA and automating business process does. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's... I love what you said there, how RPA can kind of level, uh, or in general, the, the playing field has kind of been leveled with small and large organizations with the same set of tools that are available to them. But what are the obstacles or challenges or misconceptions that organizations are currently facing in implementing RPA? Ah, this is a really great question. Because if we were in a perfect world, there wouldn't be no challenges. But I would see this yeah. as there is four barriers to implementing RPA. I said the first barrier would be process fragmentation. What do I mean by that? When you're trying to automate a process that do not have a complete flow or a fragmented that can lead to increased error, a fragmented flow. For example, you're trying to automate invoice processing with RPA, but your process has two contractors, which cannot be accounted for it in that process automation. So trying to automate this process will not be fruitful. There are multiple reasons why process cannot be fragmented. So we need the organization to have mature processes or their process to be mature enough so they can be broken down so the automation makes sense. Because uh, according to Deloitte, only 38% of organizations have mature defined standard processes. That would be the number one barrier. Makes sense. Have, have your processes identified before you can actually automate them. Exactly. Because like you cannot use RPA if you don't have a system that is mature enough to actually bubble up all these processes and have the ability to break them down so they can be consequential. Because a lot of people say, hey, I want RPA. I can do a small use case. But the more it goes complex, the more mature the process needs to be. Absolutely. And my friend, I would say the second barrier would be lack of IT support. IT, well, we talked about low no code, we talk about citizen developer, we talk about the pro developers, but at the heart of every digital transformation is the IT department. They're responsible for governance, they're responsible for the security, they're responsible. They are the foundation that behind the shadows makes the magic works. Even if we say low code, we're empowering the citizen developer, we're empowering the developers. But if there is lack of IT support, there's an issue because IT teams are always stretched out and overworked. There are teams that should lead any automation project throughout the organization, even if they're supportive, even if they might not be fully equipped to carry on large RPA without IT support it will always be difficult to implement such a huge change. Especially if we were talking about, if we're talking small use cases, yeah, small shops, one use case, automate. But I'm talking about having RPA as a strategy for the company. So 
you need to get IT on your side. Number three, again, people process product. Cool. Always comes back to the most important thing. The heart of everything, people. So I would say the third one, employee resistance. People fear what they don't understand. So sometimes when you mention automation, the first thought in an employee's head may be, oh my God, job security. Yeah. Yeah. So the number one thing that a company has to do is to be transparent about it. What I mean by transparent, what is the project scope? What are the goals? What is the vision? And mitigate the fear. And include the employees in every step of the project to reduce the fear of losing their job and gaining momentum in implementation. Because it comes back to the first point, or our definition. Employees have to understand that actually RPA is there to serve them so they can unlock their creativity and contribute to the company with their ideas rather than their repetitive tasks. And I'd say the, the fourth barrier is a little bit linked to this one. I would say management and executive support. Mm-hmm. And you will tell me, Ahmed, it should be uh, easy discussion, cost effective, or why you just gave us so amazing numbers. You would think yeah. that an extensive cost benefit analysis would have an executive buy-in, correct? Absolutely. So you're mistaken, my friend, because most executives tend to look to the employee's sentiment strongly and therefore getting their executive buy-in becomes difficult. So that comes back to the employee resistance because if employees are resistant and their sentiment is not, and I'm going to lose my job, the leadership would say, hey, I may it's not, not go down that. Exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. worth it. I'm, I may not go down that route. So they may think also, RP is just a fade phase. It's not relevant. There were so many businesses that we saw come and go and it's just like a trend. But the most important thing I'll come back is just the people because at the heart of their business is the people. So getting the barrier tree knocked out, it actually helps you with barrier number four. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of framing it around a change management discussion almost of, uh, you know, this is the the benefit we are trying to reduce repetitive tasks, make more meaningful work for folks. That's a real important part of all of this, right? And you nailed it, my friend. Exactly. That change management, being transparent every step of the way, that's the only way you get people on board and you actually go towards the, that common goal, either leadership or the individual contributor. Absolutely. So um, it can be a bit overwhelming, you know, which RPA technology does an organization choose, which processes do they focus on, and so on and so forth. Uh, if we try to simplify things, how can an organization or where can an organization get started with their RPA journey? Again, this is a great question, my friend. What I would say is, let's break it down. I know the organization, but I would break it down to the most important asset of an organization is its people. So today, Zisha, I want to get started with Power Automate. It start, but because if you cannot change the whole organization, you can change what you can affect, which is yourself. So my first thing, number one, is actually helping democratize RP with the employees and start with one thing. Mm-hmm. For every, for example, because of Microsoft, I'll, I'll take the example of Microsoft. For every Windows 10, I know a lot of people ignore it, but you have a free version of Power Automate Desktop, RPA, free. You can automate any task in your desktop for free. Start with that. Because once you realize the value of it, nobody knows their business better than anyone, especially the ICs. 
They know their business and their expertise is unique. And it's like learning a new language. Once they transfer their skill to the new language, they can impact other people. So the language is that RPA. And how do you start in practice? But better than your daily tasks. Start with Windows 10. Start with Power Automate Desktop. Uh, I would say, uh, as a person, also go to the Power Apps communities. We have more than 500 communities worldwide. Read the blogs. Mm-hmm. Watch the, uh, the tutorials. There's so many tutorials for Power Automate and RPA. Complete some interactive course in Microsoft Learn. Read about Microsoft documents. But I would say this would be started the harder people first. Because you, you said something very important, Zishan. It's like the change management, helping people feel more confident. So how would our organizations start? It's like, for example, doing automation in a day, coming up with ideas. Let's bubble up some ideas. What are your processes you're working on? What mm-hmm. are you doing today? How many Excels do you have? Let's see how we can repeat. And we can prove with a small use. It always starts small. Because when you want to do everything, you end up doing nothing. And if you choose a simple use case for a company and you prove for the value for the critical people, the change management becomes easy. That's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. So, Ahmed, I know you've been living and breathing in the RPA world for a long time. Others are still kind of starting their journey. But I'd love to hear from you. In your opinion, what does the future look like for RPA in one year, three years, 10 years down the road? What do you see RPA becoming? This is a really interesting question. I've been thinking about it lately a lot. And uh, especially when everybody heard the buzz that is all around chat GPT. Yeah, yeah. The investment Microsoft did on that. You saw that, Zishan. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's trying it. Everybody's posting about it. So how do we integrate that with Power Automate, with automation, with robotic process automation? That is the, I would say the future where I see the world, we already have a smaller version of that where you would write with plain questions, say, hey, I need to automate each time I receive an email from Zishan with a PDF, I would like to take the content of that PDF, copy it into an Excel and print it as a PDF. You would write it like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. The automation would, would automatic the process will automatically be done. So that's how I'm seeing it. That's the number one. Number two, I would say the future of RPA is in smarter automation, which is a blend of RPA and AI and machine learning mm-hmm. tools. So we do a little bit of that, but we're still, I would say, in the infancy stage, like intelligent process automation and bringing cognitive RPA. These class solutions can enable really enterprise to automate more complex and less rule-based tasks. Let's talk about cognitive automation. Like they are able to handle exceptions and orchestrate decisions spanning across an entire process. So compared mm-hmm. to RPA, which is about executing repeatable tasks with the highest level of efficiency. It's like creating a synergy, one plus one equals three. You get the RPA, you get the cognitive automation, and where traditional RPAs like would automate processes based on data that is structured, intelligent automation, can actually work with unstructured data source, like scanned documents, emails, letters. So all this technology that is cognitive in RPA, what would be the end goal is to mimic human cognitive processes. For example, mm-hmm. the process can, be, can learn, acquire new information and contextual rules 
uh, for using that information. That's number one, ethically. I, I really want to emphasize on that. Number two, yeah. reasoning, using context and rules to reach conclusions. And three, self-correction, learning from experience. The more the process run, the more process becomes more efficient, the more they need to learn. So that will help to handle more difficult and complex tasks. So these feature of cognitive automation would mean that it can handle more complex jobs without human intervention. For example, a solution can, through machine learning, learn how to automatically address an email query about an accident dispute, for example. Because of the historic data that has been through that wealth of data, because I receive an email from a customer saying, hey, I hit my red card, Hyundai uh, red car, this and this and this, they will automatically respond, get that dispute, and maybe provide a threshold of what the refund can be. And that will be, I would say, the future of AI. Very interesting. Very interesting. Excellent. Ahmed, you've shared some amazing insights with us. I, I would love to close out by you telling folks in your own words, in summary, why organizations need to implement RPA in 2023? Why should they be focusing on this if they aren't already? Again, I'm just going to repeat and come back because the most important asset of the company is its human beings. And yes. from the dawn of time, human creativity and ingenuity is actually what brought us here. And while we're having this podcast and using this technology, where we are in different cities, Zishan, it's because human creativity has been unleashed and we have that bringing people together. So we all come back to one thing as an organization, remove the noise, which is all the mm -hmm. repetitive mm -hmm. tasks and things that, yeah, and unleash your, uh, your people's creativity to bring your company to the next level. And actually, you can have what our CEO talks about, Satya Nadella, the most important asset of a company, digital resiliency. You can weather any storm. And that is a strategy worth having. Beautiful. Well, Ahmed, thank you so much for your time and your insights. We really do appreciate sharing some kind of real life examples and your, uh, your thoughts on, uh, on the topic. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So as things like AI, natural language processing, and machine learning mature in their implementation and integration with RPA, I think it will be incredible to continue to see what these robots will be able to do. This will mean tasks that require human intuition, problem solving, and maybe even creativity won't be off the table for introducing automation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, I would like to thank Ahmed with his insights on this topic. Folks, this has been the Cloud Lounge. Until next time, take care.